Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Marianne Jepson, Catholic therapist in Columbus, and my co-host is Father John Sims Baker. He is a priest of the Diocese of Nashville. It is always a pleasure to have you with us, Father. It's great to be great here, to do this Mary show Ann. with you. <laughs> I love doing this show with you, Father. Um, if you're just new and uh, listening to our show, you will find that we take questions at abidinginhope.com. Your questions um, are w- most welcome at any time, and you can um, send them to us with questions regarding the faith, regarding issues, concerns that you have about family life, whatever it might be. Uh, so we very much welcome them, abidinginhope.com. Father, would you please start us off with prayer? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and bless you and glorify you today. We lift up to you all of those who are without hope today, or feel that they are. Let them be reassured by your fidelity that you are who you are, that you are a good and loving God who cares for his children deeply and that they can always turn to you and place their hope in you and not be disappointed. We ask you to bless those who are listening today, those who have sent in these questions that we will be discussing today. We ask you to bless us here in the studio as well, that we will say what what needs to be said that will be most helpful for those who are listening. And we ask all these prayers through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we also ask the powerful intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Father, it looks like our questions for today, um, I think we are probably going to get through two of them today, and they're both, it seems, um, uh, about family life. So, Here are we you go. sitting on ready? Sitting on ready, rocking on go. I as thought always. so. That's right. I thought so. That's right. I'm getting, I'm, I am starting to understand that now. To, <laughs> That's to a scary thought. That it isn't. <laughs> oh, well, I'm learning. I'm learning. It's always good. You always want to learn throughout life, especially important things like that, right? Mm, well, okay. <laughs> there are more important things to learn, Maybe. I suppose. Okay. So here's the first question. I have concerns about my adopted 20-year-old daughter. We had her baptized in the Catholic Church. She went through eight years of PSR, Parish School of Religion, and was confirmed and hasn't stepped into a church since. Over the years, she has explored several non-Christian faiths and chooses bits and pieces from each, calling herself spiritual but not religious. She went so far as to change her first name, mainly because her birth name had a Christian connotation. I feel I'm walking on eggshells around here, being so careful not to say the wrong thing that I will drive her further away. I pray for her daily, and I feel a sense of comfort knowing she is baptized, so therefore has the mark of Christ on her soul. Is there anything else I can be doing? 
I've got a case of parental guilt because it is only in the last few years I've really begun to embrace my own faith. Thank you. Well, of course, nowadays, the the, the situation that uh, this questioner puts before us is, is very, very common. It's not an, an uncommon situation, and so mm-hmm. I'm sure there are many of our listeners today who maybe have maybe find themselves in a similar situation and that what I would encourage you to do of course this is a a, a parent calling about an a, an adult child mm-hmm. and so we of course the the first thing needs to be said of course is that that child is an adult and is responsible for in this case for herself um, and even though there's great love, of course, for that child. Uh, sometimes our, our feelings for love, it cause us to maybe feel a responsibility that actually isn't ours. That, that, that this, um, and so I would encourage you to try to, first of all, you know, try to get a, a little bit of a sense of detachment here uh, in trusting you know, your child, this adult child, uh, to God and realizing that she uh, will need to make her own way, of course, with your love and support and help and prayers and concern. One of the things that's obvious and painful in this situation is that this child has departed from the way of faith in which you brought her up. And, and that's very obvious and painful for you. But I'd encourage you Maybe not to let that be the only thing that you see, and I'm sure it's not. But even in this circumstance, try to do some things. I think these are some things that we can learn from you know, what Pope Francis is trying to tell us to do and, and with other people, and what he means partially by accompaniment. You know, to First of all, maybe listen to your daughter. Just listen. What is she saying? What is, what are her concerns? Where what's a, attracting her? What's what are difficulties for her? You know, to really understand, maybe first of all, um, and also I encourage you to look for the things that you have in common. Uh, some of the things that you don't have in common are very obvious to you and painful to you. But but maybe what's right in this, you know, situation and in this uh, relationship that you have, are there positive things to be encouraged? You know, try to find, you know, the common ground. And, you know, I, I know there's there's probably a great deal there. So that when, so I, one of the things that I thought was very painful Marianne in, in this mm-hmm. was where she talked about feeling like she had to walk around on eggshells. Yes, yes. Nobody wants yeah. to live like that. No, no. <laughs> Especially in a loving relationship. Mm-hmm. And so if That's you right. I think that when you can draw the other person in mm-hmm. um and they have a sense that even though you may not agree with them, um, you're sort of interested in them and on their side in a sense mm-hmm. that there there can be a a sense of, of of commonality there that maybe it can help get you off the eggshells because we want sure. you <laughs> we want you off the 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 eggshells and um also the guilt try to right. don't um 
try to just, again, go forward. You can't change what's in the past. Right. And so just right now, uh, try to be as great a witness as you can for your faith. Mm-hmm. Be ready to give, as St. Peter says, a reason for your hope. Um, and make sure you are showing a life that is full of faith and hope and charity so that it is attractive just even on the on the on the human level um sometimes younger people i think this um daughter is maybe 20 years old uh sometimes start living very much in their heads <laughs> you know they're very much about uh ideas and ideals and this sort of thing and if she's met though in in the, with with things coming from the heart that might reach her as well. You know, your mm-hmm. love, your acceptance, your concern, your prayer, and you're not being, you know, feeling, you know, negatively about this about this situation. You know, might help to draw her back and to be patient. You know, there's the example of, you know, of St. Monica, uh, St. Augustine's yes, 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 mother definitely. who um, mm-hmm. had a son really to worry about. And, and yet, in God's providence, you know, he became a great saint. But St. Monica is usually depicted and very often depicted with a handkerchief in her hand you know, for, <laughs> from where she's been crying so much. So um, I have to say in reading about St. Monica, of course, this is from the point of view of, of St. Augustine in his confessions. We don't get Monica's story on it, but, you know, Monica said was, was seemed to be a little bit, maybe a little, maybe nagged St. Augustine a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that was, uh, I don't know, maybe that was does the best that? approach. Does he say that? How does uh, he approach that? Well, you know, he just sort of depicts he depicts her in her. certain ways. But, but of course, there was always great love there. They were, sure, sure. And, um, and so, you know, uh, yeah, but she's a she's a saint you can go to, and it worked. It worked. Whatever she did worked eventually, because mainly what she did was pray, exactly, <laughs> and be very, very faithful and trusting God. That's how I envision her always. And um, I, I mean, I've read the confessions and things, and I, I guess I, I just always envisioned her like in front of the Blessed Sacrament all the time, like with that handkerchief, like Lord, I don't know what to do. It's in your hands. I give it to you. And, you know, I really believe every mother should probably have a statue of St. Monica right next to the Blessed Mother, you know, and a, and a box of Kleenexes in between, <laughs> you know, because it, it, being a mother isn't for sissies, you know, mm-hmm. it really isn't. Being a father isn't either. Um, there's so many joys, but there's many, many sorrows and there's many challenges and struggles. And it's really truly a life of sacrifice um, that you have when you when you adopted this um, lovely young And that's so beautiful you know, too. Sure. The love of adoption. The, and and to look at it in the perspective of God had this daughter for you, you know, waiting for you and he knew what path was ahead of her. And you were the one that was chosen as her mother. Um, and that's a beautiful thought in itself. So don't lose hope in God and don't lose hope in yourself. That even when you feel like the struggles are just so overwhelming and you don't have words for them, you your presence with your daughter, and as Father mentioned, your witness, your 
joyful witness to her about the faith and about the good things of life and the beauty of life and the gift that life is, the gift that her life is, and all of this is from God. Um, However you can say those things to her without making it look like you're you know, giving her a smackdown about the faith, you know, um, in gentle, in subtle ways and in more direct ways, however it is. I think the beauty of the fact that (laughs) you call it guilt that in just the last few years you've um, become um, more involved and embraced your faith, um, oftentimes those people who come late to the party, so to speak, are the ones who have the most excitement and who really have these strong conversions that oftentimes other people are envious of, or they like, how do you have that? How do you know? So whatever it is that brought you back to the faith, be sure that you share those things and be sure that your witness is joyful um, to her because that's what she needs to see. She doesn't need to see the a, uh, a sour-faced saint there, yes, right? She yeah. doesn't need to see that. She needs to see the joy. That, right. Yeah. And just as you uh, want to give the reason, you know, for your hope, you know, showing that, you know, your daughter, there are reasons for the way she's living, you know? And it, it, again, it's probably a good idea to try to understand what those reasons are, you know, to mm-hmm. listen to mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. that... You know, you may again. You may not agree with them, but people do, do things for a reason. They don't just do things randomly. And 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 so to try to understand something may have gone wrong or off the track. And if you knew that, then you might be able to help her more, or at least to pray more in a more focused way as well. Mm-hmm. And you need to think about yourself as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. remember one of the things about in our Christian faith, it's very very hard to live as a Christian in this world by yourself. So get some friends uh, mm-hmm. praying with you, supporting with you, um, and and for your daughter too. Maybe there are, maybe there are, uh, maybe she had some friends who are living their faith, or maybe there are people that you know that you could you know maybe help for her to get to know. Very often, you know, the people that we are around rub off on us. I mean, that's why oh, parents yeah. so much are kind of concerned about their mm-hmm. children's friends. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things I found in you know in being in campus ministry that that was just such a great thing to have. Not that um, you know people in you know in college are involved in lots of things, but it was great to have a group that they could go that had you know that kind of saw things the same thing. So uh, make sure you've got some friends to help you, and and if there's some 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 good uh, peers of your daughter uh, who have ha- are living their faith. You know, a lot of young people just have never seen somebody their age actually living the faith. That's right. And sometimes a lot of the the questions are about not so much about maybe uh, a a point of doctrine, but can this be done? Can this be lived? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we see in the example of, um, you know, having people who are actually trying to live it. Not perfectly, you know, but... Mm-hmm. But are trying to, you know, that's that that really helps a lot. And you know, Father, one of the things too that I was thinking about with this is, um, this mother's cross may last her lifetime. 
we don't know. But her prayers go on into eternity, right? And so if her daughter outlives her and she may not see her daughter's conversion, her prayers are still on into eternity for her and that never to lose hope along, uh, you know, the journey in this life. And one other thing I think that's beautiful and something that you had um, kind of triggered a thought in me is it's a very simple thing, but yet for some reason it gives me great hope to know that in adoration chapels all over this world, there's a little book that you sign in your prayers um, your petitions, whatever they are, you put those in there and those rest in that chapel with the presence of Jesus in the presence of Jesus all the time. And so, um, don't lose, don't underestimate the power of that as well. Um, so I think that we probably covered that pretty well. And you think so, Father? I as think, best as we could. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Marianne Jepson. My co-host is Father John Sims Baker, and we take your questions on this show at abidinginhope.com. So please do send questions there. We love to have them, and we just um, very much get great questions. So, um, And if we need to edit them a little bit, if you feel like you can't... Um, Create a, a really cohesive question, send it anyway, and we'll take care of it, okay? Abidinginhope.com. So here's our next question. <clears throat> I thought parenting was supposed to be easier when our kids got older. My daughter has been seriously dating a young man for several years that has no ambition and is very careless with money. He is in his early 20s, has a lot of debt, and no career goals in mind. He grew up in a family in which debt seemed to be a way of life, living by the motto, God will provide, but missing the part that God expects us to do our part. My daughter has completely opposite views on money. She lives on a budget, saves as much as she can, and stuff isn't that important to her. Needless to say, we don't think this is a good match, to say the least. Do you have any ideas on how we can get our daughter to realize how huge this difference would be if they decide to get married? As they say, love is blind. Father. All right. Well, you know, that I've uh, over the years, I've done a good bit of, of marriage preparation um, with uh, couples, and so I've, I've learned to have a little bit of humility when it comes <laughs> to these sort of matters. Uh, but you, you're on to a good point there. That of course, even just in the natural sense, the building blocks of a good marriage are the things that you have in common. And so, any sort of marriage preparation, you know, program is going to include that. Even something that's just completely secular is going to be looking for that. And if there's anything major or significant in which you are have. Uh, differences you you don't have a common view of things um that that's something that ha- really needs to be looked at and and dealt with and money would be one of those things money's not the most important thing but money has the unfortunate tendency if it gets out of whack of sort of stressing everything else so it is an important point i do have to back up and say though that like the other uh parent of an adult child i was having to say it remember this is your daughter's life though and she's the one getting married, and you have to sort of, uh, sort of let go in a way. Um, I would hope that that if if she really is actually thinking about marriage, uh, even if they're not engaged, that they might you know do some uh, you know things that towards preparation like that. Like for example, you say your daughter lives by a budget. 
well, maybe she might suggest that uh, if they start to you know talk about marriage or engaged, that uh, they make a budget together. That's a great project for an engaged couple to do, to sit down and actually get down to the nitty gritty, not only for the financial side of it, because, but making a budget involves making a lot of choices and making lots of priorities and having to compromise and to really see that. And so sometimes then the reality of the difference might really come out to her or to him or to, to both. I had a couple one time I was doing marriage preparation with, and I was really getting nervous because we were getting closer and closer to the proposed wedding date. And this couple, I discovered pretty early on, hardly had anything at all in common. And I just was getting very worried about this. And they came in. I was very relieved one day for one of our sessions said, Father, I think we better postpone this wedding because we've kind of realized we don't have much in common. And I said, oh, that must have been a very hard decision for you on the outside. On the inside, I was going, oh, thanks be to God. <laughs> so, And they ended up not getting married, actually. They're both happily married now with families and everything. And I actually ran into one of them one time years later, and they said, thank you so much for that marriage preparation, because it would have been a disaster for us to have gotten married to each other. And I said, well, I wasn't trying to drive you apart, but I, <laughs> I think that was a, a good outcome, actually. If you are talking to your daughter about this, though, again, try to set aside your anxiety. And mainly, if you are talking to her about it, just point out facts to your daughter. Not Don't draw implications. Don't give your opinion or something like that. If this comes up, if you can talk about it, I think that's the safest way. Just facts. Just the facts. But... Um, that's what I've got, Marianne. <laughs> well, I think that's that's good. I'm. Um, I know that in any parent, when they're um, looking at a situation like this for, with their children, there's a kind of a groundswell of emotion that comes up because it's like, how do I say these things to them that are so important? I mean, they really this is an important matter. Um, there's a number of differences here. How you say things is very important because um, I used the the term smackdown before in the, in the other question. And if you're going to give them a, a smack, approach. it's not a good approach. No, if you're just so overwhelmed with, you know, the um, importance of this yeah. and the anxiety and how you've got to get everything in that you want to say, it's, it's just going to flood them and they're going to turn off. You know, they're not going to listen to the whole thing. So to, first of all, get your own emotions under control, and as Father says, stick with the facts. So there are ways and things that you might be able to find, too, online in terms of um, good resources about budgeting or things where you don't necessarily have to be the one to say it, but you can simply slide the paper across the table, um, the articles or inventories or things of that sort. Um, There's marital inventories and things that you can find too online where you compare um, differences um, contrast differences and and um, and what and, and then compare the the commonalities and the things too so the um, there are a lot of resources online that you can get very easily and you can subtly, give those to your daughter and say, hey, I came across this. This is a a great article. Maybe you could read this. And um, there's probably things in here that you might find helpful. So it just deflects the the pressure from you 
and you get to look like the good mother, not, um, you know, the bad mother sort of thing. And just the resourceful mother um, that you can find things online. Um, I think you're so right as, as you ended this question that love is often blind. But I don't think that it has to stay blind. I don't think that it's necessarily a good place to keep it blind. And so the the ways that you can um, bring those those points to light and the things that you say are are best probably not always said directly. I think that subtle ways and um, you it is important to talk with your daughter and um, her boyfriend about these things because even if they don't end up getting married, what you can share with that boy is is probably going to impact him positively for the rest of his life, especially yeah. if his parents didn't do that. So if you look at it that way, too, that this is how you can influence him, whether they ever end up together or not. Yeah. I think that's an important thing, even like you say, if they're not engaged or going that way. But love him, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> love help. him and pray for him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, this might be your son-in-law <laughs> and, <laughs> That's right. uh, and, and, and love him. Mm-hmm. Don't always have a critical stance toward him. That's right. That's right. Okay. I think we may have come to the end of another show, Father. It flies by so quickly and it's always such a pleasure. Again, we accept your questions at abidinginhope.com. Please do send them in there. And um, Father, would you send us out with a blessing, please? Certainly. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You can catch us on Mondays at 1230 on St. Gabriel Radio, AM 820, or com. The archives are there as well, so please do go check out some of our other shows. Until next time, God bless you.